Welcome to the 312th episode of the So Video Games Podcast, where we talk about any game at all, including new stuff, old stuff, and anything in between. If we are playing it, we'll be talking about it. Today, we are recording on November 28th, 2022. My name is Brad Galloway. I'm the editor of GameCritics.com, and I'm also 50% of this here show. With me is the man who took back his Sunday, Carlos Rodella. Oh yeah, recording on a Monday, and uh, I said, I'm doing nothing today. That's right. I'm like, hey man, let's do a podcast. You're like, no, no, this Sunday is mine. I shall not share it. And then we we didn't. We didn't do anything yesterday. We didn't, but I didn't say that. That was pretty much what you said. I didn't say that. <laughs> no, I did. I was like, Brad, just get the hell away from me. You know what? We've been doing too many episodes. I'm <laughs> sick and tired of this podcast. Get the fuck out of my Sunday. And then I like deleted your number. I hate recording. I yeah. hate the sound of my own voice. I hate this. This is over. Yeah, I hate this. I hate we're doing it right now. I even hate we're doing it on a Monday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, I don't know why. I did just uh, life happened on Sunday. Yeah. yeah. So now we're doing it on Monday, and let's uh, we have some of a show to do. You know, it worked out, man, because even though we usually do record on a Sunday, yesterday was kind of a weird day for me as well, like just life. I mean, it, it could have happened, I guess. We could have forced it, but I think you were not in the groove. I was kind of not in the groove. I had a couple things going on in like real life away from video game land and stuff, and I know you were doing some stuff. So, you know, it's probably fine that we're recording on a Monday, and, you know, change is good once in a while. So we're going to just make it happen. People are like, um, we don't care. We're just listening <laughs> to it now, and we have no idea when you recorded it anyhow. So just yes. talk about video games. And Someone is listening up. to this like in 2037 being like, I don't care what day it was. That was like decades ago. Wow. So. Do you think they are? That's kind of like flattering. I mean, if civilization still exists. All right. We'll see. We'll see. All right, folks. Uh, boy, today's going to be a weird one. So buckle in. I don't know what's going to happen, and I don't think Carlos does either. Uh, shoot, I guess let's do some housekeeping, folks. Uh, as y'all know, Carlos and I share a virtual living space divided down the middle of the strip of duct tape. That is right. It is housekeeping. Carlos, what you got this week, sir? Uh, first off, I want to mention that uh, a buddy of mine, Jeff, who I haven't seen for a while, uh, high school buddy and also college, uh, not pre-college, actually. We went to Hampton Beach and uh, would work summers in this beach and stuff. That Anyways, sounds fancy. Is that like rich people's place, Hampton Beach? Oh, it sounds fancy. It's not. It was oh. just like, you know, like a regular um, a strip. You know, you, you have like one strip and it's got all the hotels on it. And it's got like, you know, hot dog on a stick and it's got like arcade games and stuff. It was really fun. Oh, man. Hot dog on a stick. I miss that place, bro. Now I'm hungry for hot dog on a stick. Shit. I don't know if they even had an actual hot dog on a stick, but it was like hot dogs and, you know, uh, what's it called? Uh, when you deep fry those things, the cakes, the funnel cakes and oh, stuff. Oh, funnel cakes and stuff. Yeah. yeah. That's a good place. They're They're out of business as far as I know, man. I'm sad. Oh, well, let's let's call this episode Hot Dog on a Stick. Maybe they'll come back. Um, Maybe so. No, but my buddy Jeff, who I haven't seen for a while, we started talking online again, and um, he had me join him on a video game stream multiplayer thing. Really? What game were you guys playing? So we played Generation Zero. Ugh, gross. No, I know. Hold up. Just hold up is why I'm bringing it up. All right. So I played that uh, just like one player, you know, just single player campaign. Yeah. And, I, you know, it was okay. It was kind of buggy and stuff like that. It was a small team. And, I, I, you know, I had okay time with it. But what was really fun, and you know what I don't ever do, is multiplayer game. Yeah, pretty so, rare. Pretty rare. Pretty rare. So, uh, yeah, Jeff says, let's do it. I'm going to do it. So we do it. And, um, you know, it's fun. And it just felt like fighting robots together in the middle of, like, nowhere uh, was very fun. 
So I feel like that game should get a second look for people mm. um, who want to play multiplayer stuff. I don't know. It was kind of fun. Interesting. I played that when it dropped. I mean, it's been like at least a couple years out now. I feel like it's been a couple years, right? It has, but you played, just like me, single-player campaign, right? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, I'm sure, as as is the case with any game these days, I mean, the best play, the time to play it is at least six months or a year afterwards. And if it's been a couple years, I'm sure they probably tweaked it, rebalanced it, patched it to hell. It's, pro- I mean, it's probably like a whole brand new game these days, but I played it when it dropped, and I was like, ugh, this is just like the pits dude i played it solo and i was like i don't even want to find anybody to play this with me because i thought it was really boring but Hmm. you know it's probably i mean just to be fair to the developers and to to be fair about how games work these days it's probably way way better than it is uh than it was back then well i'm gonna say this this is actually why i think i kind of really um ultimately brought it up because again i don't do this much which is multiplayer game and you do it with Fortnite, i know but i think that uh, lots of times we're like critical about a game on the show. We forget the multiplayer angle. Sometimes we don't really talk about it much at all, actually. Sure. And I mean, a it was like a, my buddy I haven't seen for a while, right? So B, it was like three or four of us, so we get to like you know shit talk and just have fun. And it's just almost like a game gets like another grade or score like for yes. multiplayer oh, you yeah. know this is a this is a phenomenon dude i've already documented this yeah. whole thing had okay. a scientific process like I, i'm sure we must have talked about this at some point but just as a refresher uh my personal stand on this and if anybody disagrees i mean f- please feel free to to uh you know email me or hit me up on twitter or whatever but like my personal philosophy on this and let me know what you think carlos is that multiplayer makes anything more fun you could it could be anything as long as you've got a good buddy somebody you want to talk to somebody you like to hang out with that makes that game, like you said, like one degree more fun, right? And so for me, when I look at a game, I like to look at it multiplayer, or, uh, excuse me, single player first. And if there's something there, some little spark, some sizzle, you know, maybe it's not quite there, but I, I kind of see what they're going for. You know, I'll jump in with a buddy and then, okay, that's cool. That's kind of fun. Um, but if I'm playing it, I'm like, oh, this is just like so boring. There's nothing interesting here. I don't like what's going on. If it needs multiplayer in order to be a fun experience to me that's a problem i feel like maybe you've got a problem in 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 design mm-hmm. uh, because it may not be the perfect experience because i get some games like like need people to go right for example one of my favorite games of all time hell divers that game absolutely is like one of the best multiplayer games I've ever played with four people i love it but the, in contrast with with hell divers even playing by myself i could see what the fun was i'm like i get it i see what's going on but i need more people that's different than I'm playing this game. I'm having zero fucking fun, but God, I wish I had a beer and three friends. That would make this game fun. That's a bad game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. I think um, I just I'm saying like for this game in particular, too, like I think it's an okay one player game, but it just, you know, became more fun because we're all just having, you know, a fun time. For sure. For sure. And also it's like, you know, fighting robots in a kind of post-apocalyptic thing is always fun. So. Anywho, brought it up real quick. Uh, so anybody who's doing multiplayer, just check out Generation Zero again. You might have some fun. Yeah, and to be fair, like I said, it's probably way better now than it was back then. I want to be fair to everybody, so I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's a, a different experience now. So Check it out. Check it out. What else uh, Mario Movie is going to be under 90 minutes. Do we care? That's a good thing. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, that's excellent. I'm glad. 90 minutes for me. Man, I've been watching more movies lately, and I got to say... It's really rare when I hit a two-hour movie, and I feel like they really earned it. Like, most of the time, I'm like, uh, okay, they could have lost 20 minutes here. They could have trimmed it. Like, I feel like, to me, not always, not always, but most of the time, 90 minutes for me is the sweet spot. Yeah, so it's going to be, uh, I guess, a little bit under. 
So anyways. Perfect. Good. Uh, I like that too. And I was also going to mention uh, Pepsi, Where's My Jet? Do you remember that uh, documentary? It just came out on Netflix. Oh, you know, I heard about it. Um, I did not see it, but it's on, I added it to my list. You want to tell people what it's about? Well, it's it's kind of in the before you go section usually because um, oh, it's that's a true. show. But I, I'm bringing it up because, uh, and maybe I'll bring it back up at the end of the show. But yeah, it yeah, is do. a documentary about um, in the '90s. There was kind of a commercial for Pepsi points, and that was a big thing. People collected Pepsi points, and you could win things like, or you you know, put things towards a jacket or something. Um, use the Pepsi points, uh, but then at the end of the commercial, they said you can win a Harrier jet. Yes. For 7 million points. And obviously yes. they were joking, but they didn't put disclaimer. So this kid basically worked his butt off to get those points to get the jet. Yes. That's the documentary. But I bring it up in housekeeping because while they were going through kind of like a history of that time period, and we both lived through it, the 90s was really ridiculous commercials, like over the top commercials, sure. trying to, you know, buy uh, for your attention, stuff like that. And this was exactly a perfect example of that, like a huge, you know, jet you could win or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so I saw a commercial today for PlayStation, and it was just it just called Play, and it says, where will play take you? And I watched it, because it's on YouTube, and I was like, what are you saying? I don't think that said anything. Didn't like, understand what it was about, what it's for? <laughs> yeah, I think that it's... And I'm putting this next to those commercials from the 90s, because I, I kind of miss that era Oh, like do something weird, get my attention, like, I don't know, release something or, or, or make an announcement or something. But like, it, I don't know, these PlayStation commercials, and I love PlayStation, just Boresville. Hmm. You know, it's just like, seen, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't know what it means. And I, by the way, to that point, I've seen a lot of Xbox commercials and Microsoft stuff the same way, you know, when like Series X was coming out, that one commercial where the guy's just flying around and stuff. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, what are you telling me? I already know I can multiplayer game. You know, I already know that like it's got a lot of games on it. I don't know. Well, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think there's um, I think there's, you know, advertising is definitely like a skill. It's a it's a it's a thing you have to do with intent. I mean, it takes creative people. Not just anybody can just make a really good commercial. But it's funny you mention that uh, not to dwell on this for very long. But my son and I have recently started watching uh, YouTube compilations of 80s commercials just for fun, which is really oh, bizarre nice. because I couldn't get away from them back in the day. You hated commercials. You wanted to get back to your show and you had to watch them because you had no choice. And now they're the fucking entertainment. We would just watch like half an hour of just just commercials. Mm. And it's pretty mind blowing, dude. Just like That's how fun. different things are back then. Really yeah. fun. So anybody who has not seen 80s commercials or if you haven't seen them in a while, uh, check that out. That's definitely a head trip. For well, sure. you can do that same thing with 90s video game commercials. Absolutely. You oh, mean man. like uh, Sega and all that stuff? Those just... are the most extreme, dude. Yeah. You got to yeah. like, you know, yeah, like have some, I don't know, like some uh, some cream or something afterwards because some of those will give you a rash. You watch those, man. They're just so oh, out, geez. Of, I think, out of hand. I think I say you need some like Doritos on hand and some like Pepsi <laughs> Max do. or, yeah. <laughs> oh, Pepsi Max. Oh, no, no. Back then it was, um, what was it? Jolt. Jolt. Yeah, Jolt, yes, Jolt Cola. Yes. yes Which, I by the way, you can't get more 90s than that. Like, just jolt it to your brain, dude. <laughs> Anyways, anyway. um, I bring that up because I just want uh, PlayStation. I don't know. That commercial was just terrible. Uh, I think that's all I have. All right. I think I just got a couple things here. What do we got? First, we got an email from Elio Capitelli. Good old Elio wrote in, and we love when they write in. So thank you very much, Elio. Uh, I, I should have read this one last week, but I missed it, so I apologize. Um, but this is in regards to the re – uh, not a review, but just the, the coverage we gave – to oh my god what was it called it was called 
the past within is that right the one from rusty lake it was the kind of like quasi escape room game where there was like a cube and inside the cube was the past and outside the outside the cube oh was yeah, the yeah 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 I, it's a two-player game i played with my son the past within that's what it, the past within uh elio sent in a message in response to that i'm going to read that really quickly here elio says as a longtime fan of the Cube Escape and Rusty Lake series, I can tell you that the story in The Past Within does make sense in the context of that world. Rose and Albert Vanderboom are characters from previous entries, as well as the rest of the Vanderboom family. That said, I think Brad was spot on in his opinion of the game. Previous games were about puzzles, but this one is all about sharing codes and following almost explicit instructions. And while the art style is on par with the other games, it's less creepy, less gross, and less weird, and it was a bit of a letdown. So. Okay. Yeah. Right. I think I agree, because like the other games I had played felt weird, artsy, and really about like a single-player experience, you know, just kind of going through and figuring this thing out. So Yeah, yeah. So. All right. All right. Well, thank you for writing in, Elio. Really appreciate it, and always uh, glad to get some feedback and uh, input from listeners. And anybody else that wants to uh, let us know, were we right, were we wrong, were we on point, let us know. I, I love to get messages. We read all the messages, for sure. I guarantee you. Yep. It's not like you're going to send a letter to, like, the giant So Video Games Corporation, and it's going to get lost in the mailroom for six months because there's, like, 8,000 people working here. No, no, no. It's just me and Carlos. We're going to read the message. So send us yeah. a message. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I want to mention, I think I tweeted you on this. I can't remember if I did or not, but somebody mentioned that PlayStation is set to ban shovelware and those reskin games from its store, like Zump Jump and Fump Jump and Dump Jump and Gump Jump and all those ones. You know, we kind of went on that bender. I know you did. You, you kind of took a deep dive into that world. Sure did. Um, and uh, people are saying, you know, hey, we need to get rid of this stuff. It's one of those is kind of fine, but we were seeing like four, five, six, seven, eight of basically the same game, which is like a little bit of art difference. Um, you know, I would I would see like four of the same series side by side in the PlayStation Store or whatever. Like it's ridiculous. So yeah. anyway, people are saying that these games are either going to get shadow banned, which means like they'll still be there, but they will not be at the top of the searches. Um, the algorithm or whatever will drop them to the bottom and you'll have to search pretty hard to find those or other developers who are seen as kind of abusing the release rules are going to be banned from future games. So ultimately I think this is a good thing because we were talking about this for several shows in a row where, you know, flooding the stores, whether it's Xbox switch or PlayStation flooding the store with stuff that is obviously shovelware, obviously crapware. It doesn't help anybody. It, it It's junk stuff that you're going to buy. You're probably not going to enjoy it. And it really makes discoverability hard for the games that are really good quality games. I mean, if you see 19 different copies of like Pet the Cat, Pet the Dog, Pet the Taco, oh, Pet the Fish, and you can't find the puzzle game that you're looking for, you can't find the indie visual novel you're looking for, you're going to give up. I mean, not everybody's as, as tenacious as you and I are. Yeah. You know, not everybody combs the sores like we do. So I think ultimately this is a good move. What do you think, Carlos? I think so, but I love my Zump Jump. But besides But you Zump just need Jump, one of them though, right? We need, need one. one. We need Zump Jump. And that's it. No, yeah, yeah, that's it. And also, again, this is not just PlayStation. Xbox has the same issue. Oh, yeah, all the, all the stores, all the stores. So yeah. I hope that it's for both uh, platforms, and I want to see this, yeah. Again, the Shadow Band's the best way to do it, in my opinion, because then you don't have to, like, say you can't release a game, uh, even if it's a simple game that's a reskin or asset swap or whatever. It just don't show up in the main section, because that is where people are looking for, you know, the brand-new uh, games, so... I don't know. I mean, I'll, I, I, I'm on the opposite side of this. I see what you're saying, but at, at the same time, I feel like I'm a big fan of curation. And I realize that not everybody has the same taste, but I think in a lot of these cases, 
it's pretty easy to see when someone's trying their best to make a really good game and when someone is just like phoning it in. And I, I'm all for more strict curation and kind of raising the bar for everyone because it would be great to go into any store, Xbox, Switch, or PlayStation, and just if any game in there, even if it wasn't to your taste, but you could see it was a quality product, right? Like maybe maybe I don't like driving games, but every driving game in there is pretty decent, right? Yeah. Um, instead of these like really crappy like cash-ins. So I, I like curation. I'm a fan of curation, but I see what you're saying also. But regardless of whatever they do, um, seeing less of these, I think, ultimately better for everyone. Well, and also, it's, it reminds me of Nintendo's seal of approval, remember? Oh, man. Back yes, in the, the day. Nintendo's seal of approval. I that was do. definitely a curation type thing, uh, but to the almost to a fault. Um, so, I don't know. Yeah, I'm kind of on the fence with it, but I definitely like am tired of seeing the main page when I go to new releases flooded with stuff that isn't, in my opinion, something I actually want, so... Yeah, same, same. All right. Um, that is all I had. I think that's it for housekeeping. Any any last bits and bobs, Carlos? Oh, a little teeny box I forgot. Uh, I just kicked it with my foot. Is Ease 8, which I'm playing. Yes, um, we talked about it last episode. We talked about it last episode. It's the 60 frames per second, fancy, fancy PS5 version. Um, it's, you know, the ultimate version of this game. I had told you on the show that I'd played it before, didn't finish it. Then the yeah. second time, I, like couldn't play it again because the ps4 version didn't work on my playstation 5 or something anywho i started playing it and i think i said last episode that i got back to the point where i originally uh was last time right in the i game. think so yes that sounds correct well i was wrong because i kept going and that was about 10 hours in i kept going 18 hours in 20 hours in and i was remembering all of it oh really so, yes and so i'm finally thinking i'm at the point where i was back to but that's sad because that means i played like 70 percent of this game i was just gonna say were you like like two hours away from the end or something when you quit it might be something like that now because every time i do something i go like wait a minute i've been to this dungeon oh, and man. yeah so um some big huge plot twist just happened i don't think i remember that plot twist so i think i'm at the point now maybe 20 hours in and I think I know the 10 hours at least uh, to go. But anyways, I just thought I'd bring that up because, man, oh, man, I've got to finish this game now. I mean, you got to because now you've basically played it twice and you haven't I even played it twice. once. So yeah. you know it to yourself. You got to finish. Man. Yeah. You got to finish. All right. All right, folks. Uh, we are done with housekeeping. Let's move on to the main content of the show. Got a whole bunch of stuff lined up for you here. Carlos, let's keep it going with you, sir. Um, liking that energy you bring in. We're going to just stay on here for a minute. Edengate edge of life uh, i think you mentioned this last episode as a game that you were kind of putting off playing because it kind of touched on real life a little bit too much and i think you were finally getting around to it is this that game or am i remembering wrong that is in the fact that it's kind of like you can tell that some sort of virus or something happened and you're waking up in a hospital trying to figure it out what's going on Okay, I don't know anything other than what you just briefly said. So, is this like a first-person story game? Like, I don't like, I don't know anything about this. Give me the, give me the. It's just like third-person uh, mystery adventure game. So you're a third-person uh, woman running around hospital to start. Then she gets out into the actual city, which is all destroyed, and you're trying to figure out what the hell happened. Uh, okay. And it probably has to do with a virus, <laughs> you know. And so that's the part that's close to home. But uh, by the way, this game is super short. I think it's like. I want to say two hours at the max. Oh, snap. That's really short. Yeah, okay. and I didn't realize that. Uh, I I think I'm at near the ending, but uh, so I won't like say anything too much about the spoiler stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's it's serviceable. 
and I know that sounds terrible sometimes. Um, <laughs> it doesn't sound like the best, but uh, yeah, you play as a woman named Mia, and she wakes up in hospital, and it's third person, you know, walking around a hospital trying to figure out puzzles, trying to figure out what's going on. I think the biggest problem I have is that you can't really run fast, and I always hate that in a game. Yeah. Because you can hit the, in quotes, run button, but you're kind of lightly jogging, and it's, it's just frustrating because you want to, like, go and see stuff, you know? Uh, one of the first puzzles, and before I could even get out of the hospital, I couldn't figure out, and I had to look it up, and that bothered me. Please tell me it was how to detach your IV. It wasn't. That would have taken... Ah, oh, man, that would have been funny. The very beginning. Uh, no, I, I, you know, there's things that are cool, and things are interesting. It makes you go like, what? What's really happening? Where are all the people? Because, by the way, no, there's no people. Sure. And it's just, I think it's a good experience. I usually like these kind of experiences that are like a few hours at least or something and just, you know, figure it out and then get to the ending. I'm fine with that. But for some reason, it just doesn't seem like all the pieces come together well enough for me to be like super recommend, you know? Is there combat in this or is it just kind of like you find what journal pages or like how do they tell the story in this? Yeah, I mean, there's I don't remember a lot of journal pages. You find stuff. Uh, and again, I don't want to spoil it, but there's other things that happen and maybe you're not alone. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's not it's not really like reading a lot. It's more about just kind of walking through the experience. Gotcha. Right, which I like, and I think that if this game was a VR game, by the way, it probably wouldn't hit me uh, harder. Okay. Gotcha, you know, because gotcha, they've gotcha. been like, you know, I kind of can see all this stuff firsthand. I don't know. I, I like VR games for that kind of um, adventure style. But yeah, I, I again, I can't say it's the best thing in the world. It's not the worst thing in the world either. Um, and it's a it's a good experience to go through. It's kind of creepy and it doesn't hit me as hard with the whole, you know, COVID virus thing. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I think I was afraid of that. It really isn't that Just I don't think fantasy virus or whatever. Yeah. It's something else. And okay, apocalypse gotcha. kind of, you know, setting. So, uh, yeah, I think don't have too, too much to say about it. Cause basically anything I what I would say would be spoiler. Sure. Um, but I think it's not a bad, uh, ride and it's by the way, it's super cheap. I think usually most places it's like seven or ten dollars or something. That's pretty good for just a little quickie. quickie yeah, weekend so or I think like sure. five to ten dollars, and it's a few hour experience or something. I I think that's a yes. So okay. I kind of am saying check it out, but I don't know. Okay, kind of check it out. Check it out, maybe. Okay, all right. Eden Gate: The Edge of Life. You're playing on PlayStation, I assume. I am playing that on PlayStation. Yeah, it's all on right, Steam cool. though as well, and I think it's on Xbox. I don't know. All right. We don't do any research here, folks. Okay, let me talk uh, for a couple minutes about a couple Switch games I played. First one is called The Fluffy Horde. Uh, this one caught my attention because it's kind of like, uh, it reminded me of like Monty Python or something where you play a person or, or, or you're defending basically a kingdom against a tidal wave of rabbits. Um, this is a 2D side view pixel game. And ultimately, it ends up being kind of like a, an RTS. I didn't realize that at first. I wasn't quite sure what I was in for. But I saw the little castles and the and the countryside and the rabbits. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever this is, it looks weird and funny. And I like those things. And it'll be interesting, possibly. Um, so it's, it is it is interesting. Um, I can't say that it's really well done. But I do think it's interesting. Uh, basically, you look at these levels um castles drawbridges grass uh fields hills that kind of thing and you kind of have like an rts like god mode view where you're not really a character you're just like this you're the cursor right like you move soldiers around uh and then you'll see these bunnies uh coming in from the left side or the right side 
and you got to figure out how to defend them. You have like knights, uh, you have people who are dressed up like carrots and they are um, bait. They kind of like distract the rabbits. You can use those to guide them around. Sometimes you're doing escort missions. Sometimes you're just destroying a bunch of rabbits. It, it, it's interesting and I kind of like it sort of, but basically it ends up being more of a puzzle game than I was thinking it was going to be. And that's kind of where I got sour on it. Mm. Um, because for me, you need to really explain yourself, especially if you're going to do a puzzle game, because the player has to understand what their options are. Um, it's hard to puzzle through something if you don't know what you can do, if you don't know what the game wants of you, if you're not sure how things work, if you're not sure what the controls are. Um, I feel like this game does a really poor tutorial. And I, I got stuck pretty early on, and I had to go to YouTube really quickly, which is always, like, a big no-no for me. Like, if like if I have to go to YouTube or, like, you know, GameFAQs or something, like, in the first 20 minutes, first half hour of play, I feel like you got to go back to the drawing board on that one. Yeah. And it turns out um, I just didn't understand how the controls worked. The tutorial didn't quite properly explain that to me, so I wasn't sure how to move units around. It's like you had a bunch of knights and I needed them to move as a, as a, as a group and I couldn't figure that out. There was mention of it in the tooltips, but it didn't explain how to do it. They were just like, yeah, select all your units. And I'm like, yeah, cool, bro, but how? Like, I don't know how. Um, so I think that the developers fell down on the, on the tutorial, which was the big first problem. And if you don't understand how to play the game, what the controls are, what you're supposed to be doing, it makes solving these puzzles really difficult. And these are the kind of puzzles where... I'm not going to say they're physics-based, but they're kind of those, like, really fidgety puzzles where you've got to be really spot-on, and sometimes, like, a rabbit will move the wrong way just randomly, and it'll fuck up your answer because you were supposed to, like, escort the princess, and if one rabbit touches her, she dies, and it's it's kind of... I don't want to say it's random, but, like, it's not a one-for-one, one, right? Like, you're kind of watching what the rabbits are doing. You're kind of, like, implementing your answer, and it's not just, like... It's not turn-based, and so that real-time aspect of it kind of makes things a little bit more difficult. Mm. Um, I got stuck often and pretty early on and the thing that made it worse was the writing um i don't know where this game is from but the writing just pissed me the fuck off uh because it's one of those games where you die and they make fun of you when you die oh they're like oh you know it was it was almost like i was getting taunted as i was losing and i'm like okay so number one you didn't teach me how to play your game and then now that i died because i didn't understand what i'm doing you're making fun of me uh fuck you yeah just fuck you um so it's a cool idea, and I think the idea of, like, you know, having a bunch of knights hold back an army of rabbits, like like a literal tidal wave of rabbits, pretty cool, but I needed more of a difficulty curve, I needed more tutorial, don't you fucking make fun of me, because, like, bro, I got 95,000 other games to play, I don't need to be, like, talked down to from your game, Yeah. so I pass, hard pass on this one. Hard pass, yeah, you can't hard make pass. fun of the person, especially when they can't figure out the game, so... Yeah, I'm just trying to learn the systems, and you're, like, making fun of me. Like, don't don't be that way, bro. All right. Um, so that's a pass. Uh, also, I played Once Upon a Jester. Uh, this is also on the Switch. It's a 2D. I don't even know how to describe it. It looks kind of like paper cutout shapes, but not really. Just really simplified graphics. I mean, they're kind of cute. Everybody looks like they're just, like, little sheets of construction paper cut out into different shapes. You play a jester and his friend, Sock, who I guess is, like, a sock puppet, I suppose? And there's a princess. You want to impress the princess. She's having a, I don't know, a contest of something where people are going to be giving performances. And you want to get in on that contest because you want to win her heart. What this means is you need to put on a bunch of shows and you have to do well. 
and then you have to like you know increase your status and eventually you're going to get to her tournament but in the meantime you're like just out in the hinterland in this really small town putting on these little small stage plays um that was a really interesting premise and that's kind of why i checked it out and i think it's cool but it's really simplified and i gotta be honest i got bored of it pretty quickly um, I didn't think the writing was as funny as it thinks it is. Um, and maybe that's just me. You know, everybody's got different taste. But a lot of the jokes were just kind of like, meh, you know, whatever. I wasn't like laughing. I wasn't, you know, it's like one of those where you like the corner of your mouth just kind of perks up just like a little bit. Yeah, I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, exa exactly. You're like, I get it. That was a joke. Okay. But it's not like cracking you up. It's not like you're funny and you're laughing or anything. So that, that that's for me anyway, the level of humor. Um, I played it on mute, which I didn't find out until later. Everybody's like, oh, the best part of the game is the songs. I'm like, oh, well, pfft. I played it in bed while my wife was sleeping. And so I had it on mute. And, uh, you know, I play a lot of games on mute on the Switch. And if if the music is a big draw, I can't speak to that because I didn't hear it. But, um, you know, the writing was not great. And then when you do the gameplay, it's interesting. You have to go to town. You have to look at what people are saying. And they'll people in town will talk about these little uh, emotes. And they'll be like, uh, you'll see like a sword. And that means, oh, I want to see an action play. Or someone will put up a spider with like a, a circle with a red line through it. And they're like, oh, I don't want anything spooky. So you got to like go to town, which is like, it's just, it's really small. This whole game is really small. Um, you look at these people, you see what they want, you see what they don't want. Then you go to your stage. You say, I'm going to start the play. And then you start the play. And like these little quips will come up. It's like a guy fighting a dinosaur. And it's just your guy like in a costume and your friend in a costume really simple backdrops and stuff. Um, there's little mini games that pop up. Like you do like coordinated dance where you got to like hit the buttons on the right color or sometimes it'll be like, you'll have dialogue to pick from and it'll say, do you want to say spooky dialogue, uh, romance dialogue or funny dialogue? And you pick. And if you've read the audience correctly beforehand, then you'll know what they want. You just, you know, they want something funny. You pick something funny and it's pretty simple and straightforward. And then you either do well or you don't. Um, it was okay the first couple times, but I'm like, okay, what else am I doing? And it doesn't seem like you're really doing anything else. Like you're kind of just doing that over and over and over, which is fun for like 15 minutes. But then after that, you're like, okay, I'm good. And I don't really want to do this anymore. Um, so I feel like it's cute. Um, you know, I got the little smirky laugh was okay. But after about 15, 20, 30 minutes, I'm like, okay, I feel like I'm, I'm good. I don't really want to keep going here. It's interesting because it is a cool concept. I do like the yeah. idea of like putting on a show. Um, yeah. That's really cool. Maybe if it was in context of a whole adventure game too, you know, you weren't always doing it, you know? Yeah. I feel like it's a cool, yeah, you're right. It is a cool idea. I do want to say it's a cool idea, but it's very small. It's very shallow. It's very simple. And like you said, like literally just now, if there was a little bit more to it, maybe like a very light kind of point and click aspect to it. Um, maybe where you're doing something other than just basically just talking to people and doing the show over and over, um, that maybe would give it a little bit more legs, but I, I got kind of tired of it pretty quickly, especially mm -hmm. since I didn't have the music turned on. So All right. there you go. That is once upon a gesture. All right, dude, over to you. Let's talk about Atari 50. I lost my mind over this game last episode. I was like, wow, this is the best, uh, I don't know, museum piece, the best retrospective, the best collection I think I've ever seen of any game ever. Uh, and then I got you fired up. You went out and bought it. And I'm hoping against hope that you don't feel like it was a waste of money. Was I on the money or were you uh, lured into wasting your money? No, it's awesome. It's fucking okay, awesome. Good. Yeah. Woo! Okay, I was sweating um, for a minute. It's from Digital Eclipse. And I bring them up because they're a developer on it. 
um, I, we, everybody needs to hire them to do more of these kind of collections. Yeah, these are badass. Dude. I would love to see this for a different publisher, a different developer. Oh my Nintendo, goodness. Sony, Microsoft, yeah. anybody. So yeah. many. Well, obviously not Nintendo because they're going to do their own thing or they're just going to resell their games a million times. Sure, so. but the same concept, right? I would love to see this yes. attention to detail given yeah. to other developers. Yeah, Like you mentioned last time, um, basically this is not just a collection of games. It's a really cool kind of docu-series on a timeline yeah yeah so there's a bunch of videos you go go through the timeline of different eras and so the beginnings the arcade then to the consoles then to you know beyond and each little era which i love because i'm um i do like not completionist but like points and stuff is as you go through each little thing on the timeline it gives you like um i don't know percentage that you finished it yeah so how much then, have you watched and seen so far yeah, yeah. so i did 100 percent of the of the first part um, so I've already done all that, and I'm into the the console part now. But yeah, as you go along the timeline, you can see pictures, you can see promo flyers, you can see videos of people talking about that era, which is so cool. I think it's really great that it's not just like old school videos. It's like today people talking about things. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of brought up to the modern times as well. And yeah, I played a ton of games that I had never played, even in the arcade. Even yeah. though both of us have lived through this and um, we had Atari 2600s, uh, it was fun to play some of the games I haven't played. Also, in the moment of like you just finished reading about them, you know, and seeing the posters and seeing the yeah, behind the scenes. Yeah, that's what makes it so good, dude. Yeah. You, like, you see the clip, you see the guy talking about it, and then boom, you're playing it. And then you're playing And even it. if you play it for like five minutes, it just makes it that much more memorable because it's literally the thing you just learned about. You just learned, yeah. And you learned about the behind the scenes stuff that you didn't even know when we were growing up, you know, in it. Uh, the other thing I thought was really cool is I learned about things that I didn't even know existed, which was uh, Atari Video Music, which I is essentially is. so Atari Video Music was this um, component, like a stereo component that you could hook up to your TV and it would play like music and show weird Atari visuals. Huh? Yeah, I, that was like way before my TurboGrafx CD ROM version because there was a CD plus G, remember CD plus graphics? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes, yes. And that showed like music videos, and I thought that was like big, big thing then. But no, 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 it already was happening back at Atari with their video music system, um, and then also the uh, Cosmos holographic handheld. I didn't even know that that was either. That was a handheld, like again, this is before anything like Game Boy, right? And it had holograms in it. So it was not only was it a handheld with like little digital graphics, but it actually had like actual holograms above it. Uh, huh. So fucking cool! So many really cool things that never came out. You get to see uh, again, like I played all these old games. I, I brought back all these memories, and then they had the Atari Jaguar in there. Uh, well, you know, a lot of people haven't played the Jaguar ever, and. Probably for good reason. It's not a great system. Yeah, I think I played it for like five minutes when a friend had one, and I'm like, I don't need to buy this. Yeah, know? well, no, I basically got to play, you know, some of them in Atari 50, and yeah, wow, dodge a bullet there. I was, <laughs> right. I was gonna buy like that at a retro gaming conference once, like yeah. you know. But man, every game was bad. Like every game was bad. Yeah, that's that's true. Did you try the Ninja Golf? I, I played it just for laughs. I thought it was so funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. And again, they had Atari Link stuff as well. But yep. I can't speak highly enough of it. I think that um, this is a a thing to show the industry, to show publishers, developers. This is something beautiful, and also like we always talk about, it's something that. Um, you know, collects, not collects, but uh, archives. Yeah. This 
memory and these Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Yes. Know? Yes. So sure. we're always fighting about how do we do this, especially with games like going offline because they're not, you know, digitally signed in or some bullshit. This game, I know, is a digital game, but uh, it'd be nice if you got a box copy of this, which I think they do sell. But yeah, like this is like a perfect uh, museum, you know, of games. Oh yeah, dude, I would love to see. I mean, this this is like the bar has been set, right? This is this is the thing that everybody else has to beat now because this yep. is the best. And I feel like this quality is so high. I mean, it, it is a museum piece. It is like a digital museum piece, um, interactive. I mean, this is this is the new standard. So I would love. Uh, every every developer, Capcom doing something like this would be fantastic. And I know the Capcoms put out a bunch of stuff, but like to add all the other stuff that makes it good, right? Or like Nintendo or Sony or anybody, like yeah, just this kind of thing. Um, especially with the eye towards archiving. Like I want to hear from the developers. I want to see those ads. I want to see all the supporting stuff that they got in there. I don't just want the games. I mean, the games are great, but there was a world and a context and a time outside of those games. And it, and seeing the big picture it just just gives so much more spice to the whole thing. Yeah, and I'll also say this: uh, Digital Eclipse did an awesome job with some of those uh, reimaginings of games because I didn't know they were going to be in there. But I don't know how many of you played, but like, there's one that mixes Breakout with Lunar Lander with like another game, uh, I think Tempest or something, and it puts them all in one game. Is that one of the ones you have to unlock, or is that one of the ones that was already open? No, it was open. I don't know uh, how. I don't know. There's like a hundred games. I kind of just jumped around. I probably just missed it. Oh, I went in order. So <laughs> as, as you go in order, though, you know you're learning about Breakout and you're learning about sure. Lunar Lander, and so then right after that, they show you the one they remade. It's essentially like you know, kind of reimagining those so games. Cool. So cool. So cool. So couldn't speak highly enough of this game. Fucking amazing uh, collection of games. And yeah, now that I'm saying it out loud, a box copy probably is the best version. Because yeah. if it doesn't have to check the internet, then you can really, you know, have an archival thing of it. Yeah. Love Good it. Stuff. Love it. Good stuff. Check yeah, it I loved out. it too. Amazing. Amazing stuff. Check that out for sure. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, let me talk for a minute about Orbital Bullet. Played this on the Switch. Big week for the Switch for me. Um, so this is a 2D platforming slash shooter where you are in a world shaped like a cylinder so imagine a cylinder you are looking at the side of the cylinder like a you know like a like a like a glass a drinking glass or something i thought you're gonna say you know like a cylinder like a cylinder you know like a cylinder yeah um and you're a guy running on the outer edge of the cylinder so you're going like around the edge right you cannot go through uh and the whole world like rotates so it's just kind of like a, a big loop basically um you play a little space dude there's some story i was like whatever the story didn't matter um, you're just running around and there's little platforms, there's enemies and it's a roguelike. You, there's some progression, there's there's weapons and stuff. But the hook to this is that because it's a cylinder, when you shoot to the right, um, if you don't hit somebody, there's a chance the bullet's going to go all the way around the cylinder and hit you in the back. So mm. you got to be kind of, you know, because it's like just like a big circle. Um, you know, like if you have this giant laser and you fire it off and you miss, um, you know, you end up shooting yourself in the back because you, you miss your target and the, the laser continues around the circle. You know what I'm saying? You're your own friendly fire. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that concept intrigued me. I was like, okay, that seems interesting. And I watched a couple of videos. That was fine. Um, but I started playing and I noped out like really, really quickly. Um, I think the UI needs some work. It's a very drab kind of PC focused, just really dull UI that needs a lot of work. Um, but beyond that, I feel like there are a lot of inconsistencies in design, and I just feel like the concept just didn't come together for me. Um, it feels like you're 
you're managing kind of a lot. Like you're you're jumping. Uh, you're like, for example, okay, I, I'm, I'm like totally fucking this up. I apologize, folks. Uh, so how the world is set up, it's not just one cylinder. There's like cylinders, there's floors to cylinders, there's bridges that go to other, other cylinders. And sometimes you got to go back and sometimes the boss is one and you got to go to this other one first and come back. It just feels like I never really got into a flow. Like I was kind of like, okay, so I got to get to the next floor, get up to that floor. And sometimes you just hit a button to go up to the next floor. Sometimes you got to jump up to the next floor. And then sometimes the boss is in a different cylinder. You got to look for a bridge. You got to find a switch, switch the, switch the flip, switch the flip. Switch the That's flip a, is the name of the episode. That's a good, good name right there. Yep. Uh, and, and then you go to this other cylinder, you shoot somebody, and then you get back. It just felt like I just was futzing with the whole thing like too much. Like I, was, I just wanted to kind of blow through it and get into a good flow state and just shoot some stuff and get the reflexes going, let the adrenaline start going. But it was always like, where am I going? I'm not sure where I'm going. Oh, I got to go back. Okay, where's the where's the the switch where's the thing oh okay i'm up oh i'm down where's the map and it just was like mm. just fiddly just constant fiddly right like it just i never got into like the zone um i felt like i was managing a lot also i feel like for a game of this kind uh visibility was a big big problem and if you're going to have a little platformy shooter you have to be able to see clearly like it's so key to the experience uh, so for example your character is kind of dark you're in dark areas and so sometimes it just wasn't really well lit but and sometimes Stuff would just, like, obstruct the screen. Like, there'd be, like, moss hanging from the upper level, and it would block. Like, you would go behind the moss, and you couldn't see what was back there. Or sometimes an enemy would obstruct things. Like, just the way that the, the level was laid out, I'm like, man, if this is a cylinder, just make it really clear. Let's, let me see what's going on. Uh, I, there was a lot of visibility issues, like, more than I was comfortable with. And I took a lot of hits where I'm like, okay, I just didn't see what was happening. Or I lost my guy for a second there. And it's like, it just... It, it's a cool idea. It's a cool idea. It reminds me of some other games I've played that also use the cylinder concept. But I think for something like this, you want the flow. You want the fast action. You want to be able to see what's going on all the time, and you don't want to futz with it. Like, you just want to just get in and go. And this game just felt like you were managing too much, and it was just too fiddly. And just every time I started getting it into a groove, I just would stop. Something would happen, and something would, like, just, you know, wrong place. Oh, I got to go back. And, oh, I couldn't see that thing. Oh, whatever. Like, it's just never came together for me, man. Just never came together. So, well, don't check that one out then. I guess. Yeah, not a big fan of that one. I'm also going to talk for a minute about Norco here. Have you played Norco at all? So we can talk about it together. Although I'm just realizing this whole episode <laughs> is kind of a Debbie Downer. Besides Atari Fifty, uh, foreshadowing. Um, yes, I also played Norco. Okay. So, um, okay. I was recommended this by uh, John from over at Gaming in the Wild. Love John. Love his podcast. Everybody go listen to Gaming in the Wild after you're done with this show. Uh, so, and, and John's taste and mine overlap, like, not always, but like a pretty fair amount, pretty healthy amount. Yeah. So when he is recommending something, I, I always pay attention. Uh, and this is on Game Pass, uh, best place to play games, uh, or at least the best place it's, to play Norco a, for free. It's a place to play games. It is a place to play games. <laughs> Gotta make so, that sure. I didn't know what it was about. I, I, I knew it was kind of like a semi post apocalypse and it was story based. And I, I mean, I, I really didn't know anything about it. Um, so I checked it out in game pass and, uh, what I'm going to say right now is I'm going to say, I, I don't think that I am personally in the mental zone for this game right now. Um, I didn't know what to expect. And once I got into it, I'm like, Oh, I had no expectations and yet it's still not what I expected. So I, that doesn't make any sense, but Hopefully you understand what I'm saying. Well, I'm I'm kind of in the same boat. Okay, okay. So basically, it's a point and click adventure, uh, which didn't have all the niceties that I like. Uh, for example, I like I, I like seeing all the hot spots on a screen. 
Um, I like I like a few little UI tweaks here and there, but it's not bad. But basically, you're in this kind of like, I don't know, post-apocalyptic kind of New Orleans, I guess, or like Louisiana or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those games where you don't really know what's going on and you don't really even know who you are and you just have to make choices with very little information. But those choices that you make kind of become who your character is over time. Um, this reminds me a lot of another game. What is the game? Oh, man, it's, it's escaping me. Put out by Cardboard Computer. It came out like one chapter like every five years or whatever. Um, mm. And it was really well received. Oh, it's going to kill me. I can't remember the name. I'll of look it. it up. It had like that symbol of like, a horse. There was like a gas station in the very first level. It was a really famous image of like a horse on a, a horse-shaped gas station. Oh, 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 oh. Come on. You know what I'm talking about. What is come it? Come on. Oh, come on. Yeah, I know, right? It's that game. What is no, it called? I don't even want to look it up. I'm so mad at myself. Uh, Kentucky, Kentucky Route yes, Zero. Yes, 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 yes. Thank you. Yeah. The horse-shaped okay. gas station, everybody yeah. knows. So Norco reminds me a lot of Kentucky Route Zero in that same kind of like, you don't quite know what's going on. There's some narrative going on. You're making choices. And you're not really sure what's happening, but you're kind of just rolling with it. Um, so that's kind of my basic first impression. I think the graphics are pretty cool. Um, kind of colorful, kind of weird. You don't quite know what's going to happen. You don't quite know what you're looking at. And it's just kind of this really strange, dreamy thing. Um, I suspect that if I was in the mood for a weird psychedelic point and click, I would really like this one a lot. Um, It just so happens that I don't think I'm in that zone right now. So I I dipped in and I'm going to just like bookmark it, right? Like I don't want to keep playing it. I don't want to force it because I think if I force it, I will end up probably not liking it. But I feel like I might like it at a different time. What about you, Carlos? I think I'm in exactly the same boat. I'm bookmarking it. Um, so don't destroy us gaming in the wild. Uh, but we're not playing it now for sure. Uh, I like literally like backed away Homer Simpson into the bushes with this game. I was like, Oh no, 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 not right now. No, no. And like you said, no hotspots. So, uh, yeah. I was like, Oh, I don't know where to even click or where to go. Everything seems closed. Cause in the beginning of the game, everything's closed and you're like, I can't even go anywhere. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, like, you look at your memories, and your memories, like you said, like, form who you are. But I'm like, I don't even know who I am. So right. you're telling me that I'm going to do these things, and that means it's a memory. I'm confused. Backing away through bushes. Yeah. Backing away through yeah. bushes. So, yeah, I think I got to be in the right mode for this. I'm not right now. Uh, I don't want to talk shit about it. But I just you got to be in the zone for this kind of yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and to, be, and to be clear to John and everybody else, I'm not talking shit about it at all. I just feel like this is a very specific sort of thing. And it's like it's like when you're in the mood for pizza and someone's like, you want a burger? You're like, nah. You want sushi? Nah, I want pizza. Uh, how about noodles? No. If you, you, you want the thing that you want, right? And I'm just yeah. not in the mood for this thing. So I'm definitely going to bookmark it. I'm definitely going to come back. Uh, I just don't think my head is in the right place for this right now, and I want to do it justice. So pause on Norco, and we will come back to this at a later date. Yeah, both of us will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Okay, Um, Evil West, over to you, Carlos. Um, I played this one as well as you, but you lead off, and let's talk about Evil West for a little bit here. Yeah, I think uh, it's kind of uh, making the rounds on all the review sites right now and YouTube's. And I'm going to echo what a lot of people say is it's a third person Western style game where you fight vampires. And a lot of people are saying it feels like a 360 game. And I got to say that that feels correct. Interesting. OK. okay. Um, it, in, in that way that it's like it's kind of simple. There's stages where you kill a bunch of things, then you move on. 
there's cutscenes, kind of not awesome dialogue, kind of corny almost in a way. Um, the characters are all very cut out characters, you know, you're not really getting into this game for the story. You're just getting into like be a wild west cowboy and shoot a bunch of vampires and learn new powers. Um, and also in the very beginning, I was worried that it was a souls game. Yeah. 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 It's furthest from that, you know, it's the yeah, furthest not thing. At all. Not it's remotely. just like go in, have fun, destroy ship, which is why I'm giving it a favorable review. I think it's fun, you know. Uh, other people in the review uh, sector have called it like a God of War light mm-hmm. because there's a, definitely a lot of like God of War abilities you kind of open up later. No, um, no. You know what this game is exactly like? What? Bulletstorm. And Bulletstorm as well. Yes, 100%. That is a, and I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, some of the people who worked on Bulletstorm also worked on this oh, game. Oh, well, there you go. This is a, yeah. a, It's a new 360 game. I feel yeah. like that's what I'm talking about because both Summer 360, right? I think so. Yep, it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, so it's a linear story. You're going through. You're, again, getting to areas. You're blowing stuff up. Uh, and I'll talk about the graphics in a second. But, like, the gameplay is just fun. It's just, like, super kind of fun. It's a little, you know, they throw a ton of enemies at you at once. So I did get a little overwhelmed at times when I felt like I didn't need to be because I was like, they just make a little less enemies so I can actually, like, feel like I'm a badass instead of just dodging the whole time. Uh, the dodge is not bad, by the way, because, you know, I'm a big stickler for dodges. Um, and then you know, there's bosses and stuff like that. I didn't feel like I got, you know, stuck too many times, which is pretty good. And the abilities are fun. You know, there's a lot of kind of really cool get-over-here abilities, uh, like Mortal Kombat style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulling enemies to you, doing adding electricity. <laughs> and, yeah, there's not much of a story. It's just basic uh, Wild West fight vampires and vampire lords and on the graphic side i'll just say this real quick in the beginning it's all this like sunsetty like red you know it's style. pretty wild yeah it's really saturated it's yeah. so saturated that it wasn't it didn't look good like in my opinion because it, it just all felt shiny and like bronze or something and i don't know i i had a, a ps5 i was playing it on uh oh yeah, yeah i think it's uh fidelity mode is What's the graphic mode? Performance mode and then fidelity uh, or something, right? Fidelity, yeah. I think I was on performance mode because I wanted the faster frame rate. I, I went to the like the fanciest graphics. I just wanted to try 30 frames per second or whatever, which, by the way, d- didn't really ruin the gameplay too much, which is I was shocked by. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in general, it, those graphics just felt old school. Like, they didn't feel new and, like, all that the shiny colors and stuff like that were just kind of annoying to me. So, and I'll say one thing though. We both tweeted out, I think, like the same picture. I really did like some of the environments because mm-hmm. they looked really spooky. And I think the thing that we tweeted out was like this pyramid that looked like control, uh, you know, the game control. So I don't know. I'm kind of, it's a mixed bag. It's just, in my opinion, a lot of fun. Uh, also, I've been watching 1899 or I just finished it. So, like, you know, it was a wild, wild west. So there's a little bit of crossover there. And I think it's okay. I think it's okay and kind of fun. Uh, I'm going to, yes, yes, and. We're going to yes, yes and. and okay. So right. I got a code for this as well. Thank you to the publishers for sending two codes. That's great. Um, okay, so this to me feels, I mean, I it didn't occur to me that it was a 360 game. But now that you're saying it, I'm like, yes, I can totally see that. It feels like a very discreet and divided kind of experience. Uh, so about the combat, I think the combat is pretty fun and i feel like it's it's better than bulletstorm combat but i think it suffers from the same problem where there's just too many powers going on just too many things and i felt like after 
a couple hours. I was I had powers I wasn't even using because I forgot about them and I couldn't remember how to do them. And I was like, okay, there's like overkill here. Like there's way too many things going on. You've got like the four action buttons and then also the D-pad up and down or modifiers. And then, you know, they really want you to get in the zone. And I feel like it comes together pretty well when you've got moves that you're comfortable with. But I ended up sticking with just the same couple few moves, the ones that I can remember. Um, and I didn't delve too deeply into the other, other, uh, stuff on the skill tree. Cause like every time I would add a new move, I would forget what the other one was. And it was like, after a while I was like, okay, this is, this is too many moves, bro. I can't remember. Dude, they did that early on too, because yeah. first off you have a lot of melee in this game and I had no idea. Tons of melee. Cause yeah. you're like, oh, this is a wild west. I'm going to shoot things. And like, no, you start with melee. Yeah. And then like you said, there's like four different type of mechanics just with the melee. Yeah, like yep. jump, jump, hitting things, all that stuff, and so yeah, it's I was overwhelmed as well. Yeah, it's a lot, and it, it when it gets going, it feels a little bit like a Devil May Cry or something, where you're kind of like chaining combos together or Bulletstorm again. I mean, it feels so much like Bulletstorm. This is like Bulletstorm Part Two to me. If anybody's played that one, um, I feel like it's just basically like Bulletstorm Part Two. Uh, but so that so the combat is okay when you get in the zone, but like I have also problems with that, and I think this relates back to your 360 thing, because you don't really ever feel like you're like in a world. Like it feels like you're like you said, in a linear level, you're in walking areas and then you get to like a combat arena and it's very discreet. Like all the combat arenas are like big circles. And if you walk up to a combat arena and you see enemies inside the combat arena, you can't snipe them because did you ever try that Carlos? Oh, I didn't. That's interesting. I would, I would walk up to an arena. I'd be like, Oh, there's like eight guys in here. I'm going to snipe some of these guys. Nope. You try to shoot them and like this magical purple shielding comes up. Oh. Where you, it just is like, no, no, no. You need to be in this arena and we want you to fight these guys in the arena. And it's I'm like, like, okay, that sucks. It's like the game hasn't started yet. Exactly. The combat has not started yet. You cannot shoot these guys because you got to get in this arena and fight them. It feels very artificial and very gamey, um, which I guess is okay because it's a really gamey game. And if you like that feel, that's fine. But, you know, letting me snipe a couple people just makes you feel like a badass. Like, oh, got you. And then you're going to thin out the herd a little bit when you get down there. Yeah. But every place you fight is basically just like this giant empty arena. And you're just like doing the combos. You're managing all the moves. And you're always swarm, you know, like there's always like a guy behind you and a guy to the side. And you're just you never have a minute to breathe. And so you got to get in that zone and just like punch and shoot and shoot and punch and kick and do all these counters and stuff. So it's cool when it, it works. I mean, it's fine. <clears throat> but. After a while, I'm like, okay, I don't really want to keep doing, like, this arena combat. Like, it was fun for, like, three or four hours. And then I'm like, okay, what else is there? And I don't think that there is anything else. Um, I didn't finish the game, but I got I got three or four levels in. And I feel like it was kind of just the same thing. You watch a cutscene, walk around a little bit. You find a chest. You get to the combat arena. You do some combat. Then you walk around some more. It just felt very segmented and unnatural and just very you know like you said 360 very 360 yeah um so that's that is what it is it's not necessarily bad because i did have fun with it but after a while the sheen kind of wore off of it i will say also um i really dislike the characters and i really dislike the writing i think the story cowboys versus vampires that's cool i love weird west i love spooky west uh, you know supernatural west mm -hmm. all those things i love that but um the main character is just like the most average fucking gruff dude bro ever. Like he's very forgettable. And um, the dialogue is just so, oh, it's so try hard, dude. It reminds me again of, of Bulletstorm where they're cussing so much just to swear. It feels like inappropriate swearing. It's always like, you know, it's always just like, oh, fuck this shit. I'm getting out of here. Yeah. Fuck you, man. Oh, look at all this crap and shit. It's like, okay, like 
you sound like a teenager who's trying out swear words for the first time. It doesn't sound natural or normal, and it doesn't. It feels like really egregious, and so it kind of really turned me off. Um, every sentence has a swear word of some kind in it, and it just was like, okay, enough, guys. Like I get it. Like this is, it's not cool. It doesn't make you seem tough. It just makes you seem like a real fucking tryhard, and it's just it's it's. It, I'm over it, you know? Yeah. Um, Look at the fucking I, sun, dude. It's so sunny out. It's so fucking sunny. Exa- dude, totally. It's totally. Exactly. fucking sun's exactly. out there. You see the sun, dude? Yes, Fuck. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not even kidding, dude. That's not even an exaggeration. Yeah. Um, and I just, honestly, I just wasn't down with the dude bro energy. Like, I feel like, I feel like it was kind of maybe sort of going for like a Gears of War sort of a thing, but I feel like they didn't quite get there and it just got really like gruff and weird. I was, I mean, this, maybe this will be strange, but like, I was like, man... I wish I could have chosen a character. I wish there was like a really tough, like female go getter who was like some, you know, gunslinger lady holding her own. Like, I think that would have given it a different spin mm-hmm. and had a little bit better energy to it. Um, but you can't, you got to just be these like rough dude bros, which is just really, uh, just really turn me off. Um, stories like whatever, whatever. Um, but overall, uh, you know, it's, it's just like punching a bunch of stuff in combat arenas and it's, and it's cool. Like it's not bad. It's just, I kind of just wish there was more to it, you know? Yeah, I agree. And uh, I will say this. Another positive, though, is I, not that I could really enjoy it much, but I like the alternate history kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is like, you know, this these vampires are here, and that's just kind of normal. So I, I always love that kind of alternate history stuff. But like you said, like the dialogue doesn't kind of match that or make it exciting for me. Again, it's, I'm not saying it's just a fun time if you just want to go in and yeah. If you're in that mood for that, it's like, yeah, it does all those things. Yeah, if you want the fast-paced combat and don't want to think about it too much. I, I mean, I think this is like, I mean, apart from my severe dislike of the Dude Bro stuff, um, I think this would be like a really great weekender. Like, you get this game, mm-hmm. you and a buddy, there is uh, there is co-op, by the way. I never tried the co-op, but um, you just go through and play this for like four or six hours or whatever. You, you, you know, you play it on Friday night, you're done with it by Sunday afternoon. That's a good weekend thing, and... I enjoy those sometimes, you know, um, this one didn't, I didn't stick with it all the way through, but I see what it's going for. And if you're in the mood for that, great. I just, you know, I, I, I just wish it was doing something a little bit more than just all of the hyper detailed combat. Agree. Okay. There's evil West. Um, one more, and then we're going to go to the uh, last thing before we go section. Uh, since we're kind of talking about vaguely this theme Gungrave, you played this. It's on uh, Xbox game pass, best place to play games. Uh, I didn't realize it was on Game Pass until I went there, and I texted you right away. I'm like, oh, dude, that game, it's there. Go check it yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gungrave, what is the full title of it? Do you know? Uh, no. I don't either. And we're not going to do it. We're not going to We're not going to look it up. Who cares? Go ahead. Gungrave Although, on Game Pass. Yes. Yeah. But because I do want to look up one thing, though, because um, Gungrave is an anime, and I know I played a game in the past for some system. Didn't it was on I? PlayStation 2. PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Okay. And I think I remember it being kind of fun. Again, Different time, different era. Um, yes. Because, oops, I'm playing the YouTube video and just got really loud. Um, so back then, again, similar to the 360, but this is PS2 era, if something has like amazing shooting and third person and it's like over the top, we had never seen that before. That was good enough back then. Yeah, yeah it absolutely like, was. What? Yes. Okay, I can't believe this. So this is like, um, like so where Evil West is trying to do, I mean, they're not trying, but they're accomplishing a 360 type game. This is like going back and saying, let's do a PS2 game. Uh, Cause it feels almost identical. Really? And that okay. maybe is not a good thing. And the fact that like 
it's arcadey, which again, if you're in the mood for that, maybe that's fine. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it does remind me of the first PS2 game. I'm watching some video of it right now, and it looks identical. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like, so I can't even say if that's a positive or negative. If you love that old school PS2 game, which I think I remember liking it. I had a good time back then. I mean, yeah. I thought it was great, but I don't know that I would want to play it now. But back then, I sure did. Right. Which is, you know, you're this like super, again, gruff dude. Um, I don't know what his history is or backstory, but he's carrying this huge thing on the end his back, which seems really heavy and unnecessary. It's like a coffin, isn't it? Is it coffin? Yeah, coffin, or like I think the one in this game is a little bit different, but yeah, it's supposed to be like some sort of coffin. Um, and then you have guns, and so you're doing shooting, but then you can swing that thing for melee, which in the new version, it's gun grave gore. Um, it did not feel fun. Like swinging it felt terrible to me. Oh no! Um, okay. Because you can like swing and hit like missiles back at the people, but mm-hmm. I kept just dying by doing that. Mm. So that didn't feel fun. And all the shooting, again, is old school. It's like it just auto aims, and so you're just hitting trigger, right? And then you're dodging, and that's kind of the game. I mean, there's that other. Sounds a things. lot like the original Gungrave. Yeah. Right. It does feel like the original. So. Yeah, this just was, you know, wrong place, wrong time for me. I didn't want to experience that. Um, And I like, you know, the anime and the style, but it just felt like it's just a a blast from the past. And I I mean, are the graphics like modern updated or how the graphics are? Modern ish. Okay. (laughs) I mean, I'm looking at literally, I'm looking at the Gungrave PS2 and it looks similar. Really? Um, Okay. I mean, less blocky. But it's that same style, like kind of chunky graphics, uh, you know, really day glow uh, arrows that point to places, you know, like go oh, this way, yeah. go this way, because you don't know where to go because our level design is not that great. Right. I just thought it was going to be like using the same art style and, you know, and kind of like anime inspire and then go and make a new game. But yeah, it, this Gungrave Gore feels like the old game. Okay, well, I guess if you never played the original Gungrave, here's your chance. There you go. That's what I meant to say. There you go. That's my review. Spin. Let's, yeah. yeah. There you go. Huh, okay. Huh. All right. Yeah, man, boy, we kind of blew through those in record time. That's all the games we have for the main content. And actually, we had a pretty fair number there. So. And we had a pretty fair number of not awesome ones, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. It's a bad week for that. So, oh, well. Um. I guess that's it for the show, but uh, before we go, this is where we talk about stuff that's not necessarily game-related. Uh, I got a couple things, actually, and they're all TV-related. Carlos, what do you got? Well, I want to follow up uh, from last week, and this is really important. Uh, 1899, which we talked about. Okay, wait, 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 no, no. Oh. Hold on to it, because I finished it. Okay. Let's do a quickie spoiler well, section, but let's save end. it for the very end. Well, no, that's... I want to say something about it that's not about okay, the okay, actual go show. Because we brought this up last episode, which was that um, there's a graphic novel called Black Silence, and there's this woman by the name of Mary Cagnan, and she said that uh, a bunch of 1899 was plagiarizing her Oh, work. yeah, the lady who said they stole her work. Yeah, yeah we talked about it last week. So uh, Daniel Green on YouTube kind of did a deep dive on this, and it's kind of what I said last time. There's some similarities, but, you know, it's just it, it, they didn't see it. Like, I, I went through and I, you know, looked at each piece of it. Um, the people who worked on 1899, I was Baron Odar and uh, Jante, I forgot her last name. But, like, they made Dark, right? Dark is fucking amazing. I'm finally starting that, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, they're great writers. They, they create worlds. They're, like, amazing. They don't need a crutch. You know what I mean? And the Black Pyramids, a different multicultural crew, some of the similarities I saw, that's cool. Like, that, you know, it, it does happen. But it's not, in my opinion, it has nothing to do with plagiarizing. Um, 1899 is a world that they created. 
with different like you know true through lines of like what they wanted to do with the whole story and i just think that there isn't anything there in my opinion okay so cool i didn't dig into it at all i just saw that little mention so i'm glad that you did some investigations so yeah good. Good. i just want to do that and again thanks to daniel green on youtube he kind of went through it all again things are going to happen as you create things and you know there's gonna be a crossover but there's a lot of stuff that it just it's 1899 is its own thing well let's put a pin in that for now because i did finish 1899 i really wanted to talk with you about it but you know you say anything about that show it's like a complete spoiler so would you I be know. interested in doing a quick spoiler at the yeah. end of the show yeah we'll do that real quick at the end um, okay so 1899 uh we're going to do that after we close out because it's going to be mega mega spoilery so if you want to hear our thoughts uh with no holds barred on 1899 currently on netflix uh listen until after we close the show uh but in the meantime we got other stuff to talk about carlos what else you got well just to finish up the show point uh different shows i'm watching dark like i said i'm started and that's the same uh writers director what, as... what is a brief synopsis i've heard of it but i don't know anything about it that's one where you don't want any synopsis can't just, say anything. just okay. like 1899 the the general first episode is like some kid goes missing you know, okay. which is a very, you know, normal trope for those kind of <clears throat> mysteries or something. Sure. Um, it's German. So I'm actually, because I did do 1899 in the original languages, Same. I'm doing subtitles as well. So uh, that's what I'm doing. Yeah. So it's just a, a mystery. Kid goes missing. It's a family. There's a bunch of families. There's a bunch of kids. You know, it's just a lot of stories that cross over. And it's okay. very good. And there's a sci-fi element to it. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, and then I'm watching, or I finished Wednesday, which is Oh, on okay, great. Yeah, yeah, you want to give us a quick rundown on that one? Yeah, just in general, it's like rebooting uh, Wednesday from The Addams Family uh, with Jenna Ortez, I want to say here's, like, here's her name. I don't know. Um, she's amazing, and the whole cast is amazing, and I just love it. Tim Burton directed it. Uh, it it's a series, so it feels like kind of a, a new Buffy is what I'm calling it. Uh, but I think a little bit, more mature or dark at times okay and yeah i just think it's great like it was definitely the ones uh you know through line mystery it's not like a monster of the week kind of thing it's like you got to figure out what's going on so you just want to binge it and i had to finish it because it was just awesome so i can't nice. i can't hi speak highly enough of it it's just like super fun great for the whole family uh twisted dark there's a little bit of gore but nothing crazy uh it th it's very 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 good it's on my list. It's on my list. We're excited to start that one soon. Yeah. That's all I got. And besides the spoiler stock. All right. We'll get to 1899 in a second. But before that, I do want to talk about another Netflix show uh, that my wife and I have been binging. We're just about to finish it tonight. Only one episode left. Warrior Nun season two. Have you seen Warrior Nun? I saw the first half of the first season. And for some reason, I noped out of that show. But I'm not sure hmm. why. God, I love Warrior Nun so much, dude. I, I got to say, I, I can understand why you might nope out because the first season was very strange. It was a really, really, really slow burn. Um, and I think in another situation, maybe my wife and I would have noped out of it too, but there was just enough thread to keep us going and I really wanted to see where it went. Um, and when it got to the end of that season, I was like, okay, cool. I'm really glad I stayed in because it all kind of came together and got really, really good. Mm. Um, and then COVID happened and then they, the show went away for like three years and we were waiting like all this time. And now season two is finally here, which is great because honestly, I thought that maybe COVID had killed it, which would have been a huge bummer because I felt like there was so much left to talk about on that show, so much to see and do, but they did bring it back. All the cast members came back and they pick it up right after where season one left, leaves off. And it's awesome. It's really, really good. I, I feel like it's very timely, despite the fact that it is very clearly a fantasy show that touches on a lot of religious tropes. Um, if you are interested in like different views on Christianity or about how religion is interpreted 
but also you like um, ass kicking and sword slicing and lots of guns and stuff. Like it kind of combines all those things. And I think it's just really, really cool. I love it. It's interesting because I believe this uh, show was actually based on a comic book uh, from a long time ago called Warrior Nun Ariala. Oh. And at that time, uh, I was working in a comic shop. I remember seeing that comic come in and I was like, whatever. It's just like a big titty anime comic and who cares? Uh, it is like 1000% different um, in the show. I don't know how similar the storylines are, but the art style, the overall vibe, the intent, it couldn't be more different. It's super, super different. Um, so they take it very seriously. And I, I think the cast is great. I think the action is great. And I think the storyline is so interesting um, as being someone who was raised as a Christian and who is now not. Um, I think the way that they approach religion is really cool. And I appreciate like the different ideas they bring into it. And uh, it's just a really, really great show. I think it's it's pretty fucking awesome. I'll, I'll check it out again. Like you said, it was it is a slow burn that first season. really slow burn. It's so, super slow burn. Yeah. But now that I finished Wednesday and I finished a couple of things, maybe I can check it out check it out uh, the other thing i want to mention is kind of random um switched at birth from the 90s did you ever see that show switched at birth i don't know that's a an old take um switched at birth who is it so i don't even i can't even tell you who's in it but um it's from back in the day and nine okay not, not not back back in the day but from the 90s uh which is a minute ago but basically it was a tv drama that was about two families and what happened was their babies got switched in the hospital And then the kids grew up until they were about, I don't know, 16, 17, something like that. And then one of them takes a DNA test and finds out that there's no way she can be from her parents. And that leads them on a quick uh, discovery. And then they find the other baby who was switched. And so it's that it's about two families who realize they have both had daughters that are not their own. But on top of that, one of the daughters is actually deaf. And so there is a deaf element, you know, ASL sign language, which I do a lot of stuff with in my in my uh non-games time so i was curious about this and also i have a couple friends who are on that show and i've never seen it and i felt bad that i've never seen their work so i I wanted to check it out and it's really interesting um i think it's a a very 90s show i mean i'm gonna recommend it if you like you know party of five or like 90210 or something like it's it's very much in that same vibe right but i think the thing that's really interesting number one i think it's really educational about deafness and if you don't know a lot about deafness or about how the deaf community looks at itself in relation to the hearing community. Um, it's pretty, pretty educational. I think a lot of the stuff they get on the show is right. And they think that's cool. Um, but also my wife was doing some digging on this and it turns out this show was based on a real life situation that happened, which blew my fucking mind, dude. I can't even imagine as a parent myself, how that would feel to know that this child that you spent 15, 16 years raising was not your actual flesh and blood but also they are your kid because you spent all this time with them and you raised them yeah i mean that's it's man i can't even barely wrap my head around it but um the story was pretty terrible because uh according to what my wife found out uh back in the day these these people were in a hospital turns out that there were uh, two babies born in the same day and one of them was really sick one of them had a, um, a heart problem heart defect and the grandma of the baby with the heart defect found out about it and she paid the hospital a bunch of money to switch that baby. So they switched it on purpose and they gave the sick baby to the other family. They took that baby's healthy baby and they didn't say shit about it for like a long time. Turns out that that baby who was sick ended up dying. And so stuff happened, stuff happened, stuff happened. It's wild. It's a fucking crazy ass story. Um, Pretty incredible. And that part doesn't come through in the show, but 
I just thought it was interesting that there was a real life premise. And then also the show itself is great and also a, a pretty interesting premise on its own. But anyway, all right. Switched at birth. Uh, you know, it's not going to be a race cup of tea. It's kind of a family show. It's kind of a 90210 ish nineties drama, the hairstyles, the clothing, but um, we're kind of digging it. It's pretty interesting stuff. So check it out. Check it out. Okay. We're going to wrap the show now. And then we're going to talk about 1899 after that. So right now, what we're doing is closing up. Uh, folks, this is the end, unless you want to be spoiled on 1899. Uh, as always, we want your questions. We want your comments. Hit us up, Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at Games. We're on Instagram, at Podcast. You can also hit us up individually. Carlos, where are we directing your traffic this week? Uh, just TikTok, uh, Carlos Rodella. Uh, that sounds great. Let's do that. As for me, same as always, uh, it's uh, Twitter and Instagram for now. Uh, B-R-A-D-G-A-L-L-A-W-A-Y all A's no O's um, I did set up gosh a couple other accounts in other places but I'm not really doing anything over there so I'm not going to really pimp those too much right now maybe later but not now um, so that's going to do it for this show that's going to finish up episode 312 <laughs> had to look really quickly yeah. 312 thank you all again for joining us here on the Soviet Games Podcast and We'll see you next week. Oh, we got to work on that shit. Okay, that's the end of the show. And now we're going to do a no holds barred full A to Z spoiler section on 1899, the new sci fi series that's on Netflix. So if you don't want to be spoiled, bounce now. If you do want to be spoiled or you don't care, continue listening. Carlos, you really liked 1899. I hope you did too. I like parts of it, and I uh, oh. I think that you liked you liked Lost, right? Yes, yes. You liked Lost way more than I did, so I think that maybe that's a factor in it, right? Yeah, because this um, show has Lost elements, very Lost elements. And okay, so I guess overall, um, you know, about halfway through the season of what is it, eight episodes, ten episodes, what is something it, something like that, eight or ten, I can't remember. About halfway through, I had a pretty good bead on what was going on. Did you figure it out before it got to the end, or how were you on that? Yeah, I mean, they show you some really, really twisted sci-fi stuff or dreamlike stuff that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And so you kind of get the idea that something's, you know, they're not where they're supposed to be. Um, at least that's what I was feeling like. They're they're not really in that kind of boat or, you know, in the era or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So for people who haven't seen it, I mean, you must have seen it. Otherwise, why would you be listening to this? But, you know, it's people on a ship, a steamship back in the 1800s. It's a, it's a whole bunch of people talking different languages. They're on this boat, and then they get stuck in the middle of the sea. They find another boat, and then weird shenanigans happen, and then shit just goes, like, sideways and crazy. Um, so question for you, Carlos. Ultimately, after watching all these episodes, what was the point of them speaking different languages? <clears throat> well, I'll tell you, because I, um, did you watch the behind the scenes? I did not watch any of the behind the scenes. Yeah, there's a whole separate, like, hour uh, video on Netflix Okay. And the making of this alone is phenomenal. Like, it's just ridiculous on what they did because they use the volume, which is that beautiful soundstage where uh, they have an LED or OLED screen that's a perfect circle and it lets you put uh, any backdrop in there so the actors can actually walk, like, work in the environments. Oh, okay. So, anyways, it's you have to watch it. But, like, what they pulled off with just the technological abilities, but also the multicultural was really important to them because, you know, they were trying to show that, you know, there's humanity and human humanity is, you know, goes across whatever language you speak and who you are, you know, 
Um, and so they kind of really wanted to put that in there. And I think that what was really fun uh, and I liked with it is that at some point, a lot of these actors or a lot of these um, characters didn't understand each other, but they didn't need to. And I think that's why I liked it because it, they were trying to show that, you know, love pushes through or understanding when someone has just died pushes through. Um, you know, like this is one guy who's just like repenting all his sins to that fake uh, priest. But at some point he just puts his hands on his and he like says words that he can't understand, but it still gets through to him. So for me, I liked it. I, I liked the, to show that humanity can go through uh, language barrier. I liked it too. Um, I think that's like net positive, but I have to say after seeing the whole thing, I was really kind of scratching my head because I don't understand what it brought other than just the fact that people in different languages can get along. And I think that something that fell down for me, so just a little bit of context. So I spend a lot of time working on languages. I spend a lot of time interpreting, translating. I spend a lot of time talking about communication clearly i mean it's what i get paid for in real life and so i know a lot about it spend a lot of time about it and when these people are in the show on the ship there were so many times when i'm like bro there's no way you know what just happened i wanted to see more of like uh, it, it just happened too smoothly right there weren't enough places where people were genuinely confused about what was happening and being someone who works in this field and does it every day i'm like okay we're we're glossing over this. This is too painless. People aren't trying to like get their point across very much. I get that. Um, yeah. Yeah. It just was too easy. And I wish so I guess number one, I wanted to see more of of why it was there other than the fact of just like people can get along, which is a good message, but it just kind of seemed like peripheral to the rest of the story. And number two, I don't feel like it would have been that easy as it was in the show because barely ever was there a problem where somebody really couldn't communicate. It was like Somebody would say something in Dutch, somebody would not understand in German, and then the scene would move forward. And I'm like, okay, but like, but like, but like, nobody knew what was happening. Yeah. And sometimes there were some people who were kind of acting as interpreters once in a while, and sometimes people knew two languages, which is fine. But it just was, as someone who communicates professionally for a living, I'm like, okay, this was way too easy and way too smooth. And I guess I just don't see what the real value of it was, especially when we get to the final episode. I'm like, okay, I don't understand why we did that. Well, in the final episode, uh, <clears throat> wait, wait, to, to talk to that really quickly, I will say that um, I agree with you that immediately it becomes uh, almost like not real because you're kind like, of a non-issue. Yeah. Well, no, no. But I mean, to your point of like people should have been mad more <clears throat> about not understanding yes. each other. Yes. And yes. what I really wanted, because this is a spoiler cast, is about episode four or five, because um, I think it was like eight episodes to, for them to just start understanding each other. Yes, that and they, they kind of did. It was so smooth no. and painless. I almost thought they were. I mean, right. they didn't, but it felt like this is going so smoothly and quickly. It almost feels like they understand each other. What I'm saying is they didn't. because yeah. what they all, all are actually in, uh, which we'll get to in two seconds, sure. is that like they all should have just started speaking English. Yes. That's what I wanted to see happen because then we go like, oh, okay, we know they all understand each other. Um, and why there, they'd be like, why, why am I speaking English? Well, I can't, I never been able to do this right. and it's because they can in real life or something. <clears throat> but, uh, you know, here's the ending is that they're on a simulation and, and I actually like that quite a bit, especially the fact that oh, I knew, I knew you spaceship. would, dude. As yes. soon as I saw them, I'm like, Oh, Carlos is jam right here. Yo, I love it. But also I loved it because you know, you still haven't seen the brother. There's still a mystery. Uh, I like that they were on a spaceship, but the re other reason they didn't all speak English is because they're all in those pods. 
uh, our, you know, our cast, our lost cast, uh, like in Lost. And so they are all still, the, you know, speak their language, right? They don't speak English, I don't think. I mean, so I guess that was, I mean, so many, there's many, many, many unanswered questions, right? Like they didn't solve everything. There's clearly going to be a season two. So I get that they, they need to have some mysteries left over. But from like, just like a pragmatic standpoint, I'm like, if all these people are in a spaceship, which was cool and fine, like why, why would they not speak the same language? Like what was the problem there? And also why, okay, so like even backing up, what is this simulation even about? Like, and they didn't answer this. I feel like we're probably going to get to that at some point. I hope there's a good answer for it. But, you know, in the in the show, it's revealed that um, the main character, what is her name? The lady, the main name? Oh, my goodness. How do I not know it? And I just watched like 16 hours of show. Yeah. Okay. Whatever her name is, oh the main God. lady, she, she is the one who's behind the whole thing, kind of, because she creates a simulation because her child um, is terminally ill. And so they upload his consciousness into the simulation so they can continue talking to him and, and being friends with him and have him, quote unquote, alive in that sense. But like I'm like, OK, so if this is what you created the simulation for, then why would you make yourself forget? Because that seems counterintuitive to you wanting to spend time with your kid. But then also, if, if that's not what it was about, if this simulation was created for something else and then you uploaded your child into it by bastardizing the system for whatever reason i just like i just i don't understand like they didn't explain enough to me to kind of make it make sense and of course i just said maybe we'll see something in season two but like what is this simulation all about like when they reveal the spaceship i'm like okay was this like was this maybe like a cold sleep thing like they want to keep your brain active for this like long journey across the stars and so maybe them being on a ship was kind of like a fake way for the brain to process the body traveling through space. That might be okay. That might make some sense. But then why were people trapped in it? Like what, what, like what the hell is even happening? And there's just like, I just felt like a lot of it was just too much was left unanswered for me, I think. Oh yeah. See all those things that you just said, I, I, I like that. We don't know. Like, I don't think that they wanted to give that to you um, in this you know season. It's Mora, by the way, her name's Mora. Oh, okay. Thank you. But yeah. And again, what what you were, you know, uh, thinking about, like uh, one of the ideas was that she made this thing and put the kid in there. I don't think that's true either. I think it's it's basically the the brother put her in there and put the whole people, all those people in there. And then why? we Why? Because we don't know. You know, that's kind of. Yes. Um, So I'm just I'm okay with the uh, mystery of it. And I like it. I don't know. I just fucking really, really like it. And so I'm 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 on to dark now now. We're going to start Dark pretty soon. I think we're going to finish Warrior Nun. We do want to watch Wednesday and stuff, but Dark is on the list now. And, I mean, I think 1899 was cool, um, but as someone who was not as big a fan of Lost as you were, I don't like a lot of, like, really big unanswered questions. And in this particular case, I'm I'm totally okay if they deliver stuff in Season 2, but I do at some point want some answers, right? Like, I don't want this stuff to hang forever. Um, I don't like it when things are not explained, especially when you set up such huge, strange structures, really bizarre things happening. And a lot of it, I was like, okay, but why is this happening? Why is this happening? If this is a simulation, what's the parallel? Why are we even doing this? I don't get it. Yeah. Um, So, I mean, I liked it, but uh, I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold my final judgment until season two, but I, I hope that they get around to some of these things because it's a really tantalizing place to start. And I'm really, really hoping that they don't just do this stuff just because it's weird. I hope that there's a logic behind it. I, I hope so too, but I also I'm not like beholden to that. I just I just really enjoyed my time with it. So I am mega beholden to that. I am super you super are. beholden you to are. that. I need to know why. You're over so. beholden. 
All right, there you go. Eighteen ninety nine. Check it out. All right, and that is the true, true end of the show. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. True ending.